Left. Right. Hi there. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Sip Talk. This is a pretty cool episode, kind of an impromptu topic, but this topic, I promise you, will blow your mind. Very realistic possibility. This actually happens. Warehouses, industrialized baby making. Um, but on that note, just want to pause uh, and ask that if you are listening to me now, you're watching me now, that you do subscribe to this podcast. Um, the more subscribers we have, the better the podcast does. And, uh, you know, that would help us and we'd appreciate it. So enjoy the podcast. See you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. means we are live. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 207. My name is Justin DiGiulio, joined by my co-host, co-host, in-haste James, the Bosnator Boswell, philosopher, professional referee, bartender, and most exciting of all, accountant. James, how's it hanging down there? I'm doing good. It looks like you're like broadcasting from a witness protection room somewhere. <laughs> I have plans to... Uh, to paint the background behind me, and uh, I'm in a new location, a different, uh, undisclosed for security. <laughs> different. I'm still in the basement, just a different level of the basement, and uh, got some big space here. It's just completely unutilized. I've been using it to stack cardboard boxes for the last two years with every freaking delivery that arrives in this house. So uh, I'm converting it to a podcast studio. Been trying to find a desk to buy. Um, desks are expensive, and the ones that I want very delayed in shipping time. So I'm going to build a desk. So that's my plan. I'll, I'll be in this location. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've kind of in my house since I moved out to New Jersey, moved room to room, and as I've been in the room, they've gotten nicer. So with the previous podcast space, it, it's not getting any nicer than that. And uh, and now we're into the other side of the house. Hopefully, the Wi-Fi connection's stronger. Um, let me introduce the topic, and then we'll shoot the shit for a second. But Today, it's just so I don't forget, we're talking about uterus warehouses. These, uh, this has been passed around on YouTube and some of the social media platforms about these locations where they effectively harvest embryos and create this external uterus outside of the body, and uh, they create a warehouse and just grow babies. And uh, we're going to play the video in a minute, and kind of dissect that video together because it seems in my mind not impossible but also fucking insane so uh i'll, I'll hold my commentary until after the video because yeah, i've got I, a lot to say about it i feel like there's a good chance our video is going to be pulled the the post-production version because uh you know we got another youtube video but effectively that's that's kind of public data right that's is that all right to share i don't i don't know how that works i don't uh, either hmm Got to ask you that. What are, what are you drinking tonight? 
I got two drinks in hand. I'm doing. I'm, I'm starting off with the normal bush ice, and then I've got a very tall bourbon and water. Oh, very nice. I got a a scotch here, and then uh, depending on how long that lasts, I've got a nice super hoppy liquid hoppiness IPA. I think I drank one of those uh, last episode, Sarah Nevada. Yeah. I went to the liquor store last week and spent like $200 on booze to stock up for the holidays. There you go. You get any of the holiday packs with the free glasses or, or no, dude, I have so many glasses as it is like as cool as it is to like get the liquor bottle at the same price and have a glass thrown in or something. I just don't need any more glasses. I've got more than I need. I feel you there. Um, I feel you there. I'll tell you though, if you're ever looking to have fun, go to total wine or any like large liquor store on new year's eve at about two o'clock in the afternoon why is that i imagine it's like the fall of saigon (laughs) i imagine it's got to be crazy like i want to i'd love shopping at big liquor stores because they have just about everything but also they tend to have like free samples music playing you know me going into a liquor store in my 20s and 30s i always felt like it was like my my nine-year-old self going into a toy store like it's you, you can't buy everything, right? It's not an option, but it's still cool as hell to explore and make your way around a liquor store. I just I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I, the last time I went to Total Wine on New Year's Eve was in 2020, and there was a line of like 30 people waiting to get in because they oh, were like wow. above the fire station like capacity oh, or whatever. Well, good for good for Total Wine. Um, anything else before we get into the uterus warehouse? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been watching the weather. Like this winter storm is wild, dude. I, I my my mom is currently uh, delayed on a flight in some some airport in the middle of the country. Uh, I just watched the weather map. It looks like there's some crazy cold weather coming down. Kind of this Arctic Arctic blast. Um, dude, I, I my mom offered to fly me up to to Albany for this weekend, and I said no, not because of the like of this weather system just because I didn't want to be in Albany in December. But now I'm even happier that I declined because I probably would have been flying up like tomorrow evening. Yeah. And there's like a 95% chance that my flight would have been canceled. You, you would have spent hours drinking in the airport, which. Yeah. And I, bad, I can but... drink like I, I, one of the last places I feel like drinking is an airport because that means that it, like if you're drinking in an airport, it means something's gone wrong. Uh, not always the case, but. Um, it, it, no, if you get everything right in an airport, you don't have enough time to get drunk in the airport because you're going to catch your flight. If you, I, I don't like flying down to the air. I like accounting for an hour or so at the airport bar. You know, chill, oh, chill. I don't know. Like a couple of the flights that I've got on, on, like I've been the last person on the plane because that's how how tight I time my arrival to the airport because I want to wait the least amount of time. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. I, like some people that gives them stress. I'm just like, I, that means I nailed it, man. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So look, aside from holiday traveling, we did our holiday episode last week where we, I mean, it's probably too late now. A lot of the stuff actually we had were Amazon prime. So theoretically you could order it today. Uh, we're broadcasting the 22nd and get it delivered by the 24th. Maybe yeah. Amazon prime has been a little bit slower for me recently. I used to be able to get it in like a day or two. Like sometimes I've been getting things in like three or four days, which I don't care. I'm not paying for the shipping anyway. So like, I'm not going to complain mm. and they don't treat their drivers very well. So I'm not going to harass their drivers about it. Well, um, but if I were to order something on Amazon today, I wouldn't expect to have it by 
Sunday. Mm, Got to look at that delivery date. So look, we're going to hit this video. I'm going to share. So if you're watching on TikTok or Instagram, you have to subscribe to the YouTube version of Sip Talk so that you can actually watch this. It's uh, Ecto Life is the name of the company. I mean, this could be a whole spoof for all we know, but it doesn't sound that out. No, it's produced well enough that I don't think this is a spoof or anything like that. I think this is someone who has what they think is a genuinely good idea. All right. So here we get this up. Let me uh, just bring this into theater mode and hit the play button. Hopefully we don't get taken down. Uh, if you're watching on TikTok, you're watching on Instagram, now would be a good time to flip over to Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, or YouTube. Find Sip Talk or find Justin DiGiulio. Find me, and you can watch this live. Otherwise, you just got to listen to it. Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. This looks like a video game. Allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Actolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Actolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pod- Let me just pause it right there. So... If you're just listening to this, we're looking at a digital mock-up, a 3D rendering of these labs, which I thought reminded me a little of the Matrix. James, you were saying... makes me. Have you seen any of the Resident Evil movies? Maybe a long time ago. I, I, I can't remember any imagery off the top of my head. What am I, what am I missing? Um, in the fifth one, there's... They go to a umbrella. They're in an umbrella facility where it's shown that umbrella has been cloning people so that they could run their experiments on their bio, like with their biological agents, without having to use real people. But these are clones, so like they think they're people. Yes, yeah. Um, and they are they, they're looking over like the facility where they made all the clones, and yeah, uh, this looks just like that. And just so you know. Uh, Umbrella Corporation wasn't the good guys in these movies. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're bringing up some good points. They're able to grow the babies out of outside of an actual woman in this lab environment, which is basically just putting the baby in an artificial egg and oh, then yeah. making sure the fluid that's in the egg is, you know, nutrient dense to, you know, whatever required levels. And uh sanitary and it also removes the excrement in the in the fluid so it doesn't seem well the umbilical cord does that what but this is outside of the 
is outside of the box. Yeah, I'm talking about like how it works in real life. Yeah, so we're replacing the different aspects of how it works in real life with this warehouse factory setup. And it, it, it the way that they're using the CGI imagery juxtaposed with actual footage of newborn babies and actual footage of humans, to me, that makes it feel like not so distant. Well, I want to hit a couple of their claims real quick. So one of them, they say, is they'll be able to help countries that are facing population decline. And I don't think the reason why nations like Japan or South Korea are facing population decline is something that even if like and I'll, I'll go into like why some of this technology is bullshit later. But for the purposes of all my arguments before that, I'm going to assume that everything that they claim they can do, they can do. And so even if like all their technology works the way they say it does, like, I don't think that's the reason why people in Japan aren't reproducing. Like, I, well, no, their technology has nothing to do with why people in Japan aren't reproducing. But what they're claiming is that people aren't reproducing population decline. um, And, and, I understand that. What I'm saying is that for the countries where you have population decline, even if this product existed and worked exactly as they say it does, like that wouldn't solve the problem of why people in Japan don't want to have children. Well, this solves the problem of people having to have an abortion or give birth early or have C-sections. But those solutions don't make up for a population growth lag if the reason for the population growth lag is people don't want children. That, yeah, that's basically that, my that's, that, Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying. People don't want children. So whether they can have the children inside themselves or outside of themselves, I don't think the issue is that the Japanese or the Bulgarian people are just worried about being pregnant for nine months. I think they just don't want children. And a lot of them also, especially in Japan, aren't looking for relationships. So we have a, a big decline in marriage rate and relationship rate yeah but if you think about it if you're a single japanese woman like so you wouldn't need to have a relationship in order to get pregnant using this technology but i still don't think that if you don't want a relationship why would you want to have a kid well that's i mean there would be a i imagine there would be a portion of the population that would say yes i want to have a kid regardless of the relationship but also that's it's a lot of work to have a child single. So Right. So like, I, I'm not saying it's a 100% overlap between the women who don't want a relationship and the women who don't want to have a kid. I'm sure that there's going to be some that say, I don't want a man in my life, but I do want a kid. But I would imagine that's a very small portion of them. Much, much agreed. So let's, uh, let's get into some more aspects here of the, uh, of the pods, not our pod. The baby pods. All right, bring this mouse three screens over here. Pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. It's like ET. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. (laughs) 
The pods are equipped with a screen that displays real-time data on the developmental progress of your baby. These data are sent directly to your phone so you can track your baby's health from the oh. comfort of your zone. Let's make another one inside outside the pod. With a high resolution live view of your baby's development. Oh, you get an app. You get an app. section in the app allows you to watch a time lapse of your baby's growth and share it directly with your loved ones. Because that's what everybody wants. Hear this music? Babies can recognize language and learn new words while still in the womb. Ectolife growth pods feature internal speakers that play a wide range of words and music to your baby. Through the app, you can choose the playlist that your baby listens to. I don't know if this is a benefit. You can also do no, it's creepy to me. Baby ...and make them familiar with your voice before oh, birth. Our goal is to provide you with an intelligent offspring that truly reflects your smart choices. Oh, no, it just keeps on getting worse, too. Life improves yeah. your bonding experience with your baby. Yeah. Okay. 3D headset that's a, that allows him to be in the womb with the baby. To explore what it's like to be in your baby's place. See what they see and hear what they hear. I don't know if that's something that anybody has ever wanted. I, I agree. They, they just keep one up again. No. With Ectolife, your baby will receive the best nutrients that can support their growth. Uh, I don't know if I could, that's we're three and a half minutes into that. It feels like it's it's been twenty minutes uh, watching this. It's okay. Uh, so, like, we should go over some of the other claims that they make if we're not going to watch the whole thing. Well, uh, that they've covered so far, or or additional claims that we didn't get to. Didn't get to. Well, let's cover what they let's discuss what they covered so far. The fact that you would want to be in. Either you are the baby, you get to put the haptic suit on and the 3D goggles and be in the perspective of the baby, which is super of, weird. Which, yeah, it sounds like that's what And also, doing. like, if you're seeing what the baby's seeing, you're just seeing a giant dystopic warehouse around you. <laughs> because, well, they did show the orbs are clear here. Yeah. Uh, so you're missing that aspect of being in the womb, which is darkness. Also, I don't imagine that volume can get that loud inside of another human and at best it's very muffled they're saying they're going to play music to these babies babies are going to learn some of their first words which to me seemed like a preposterous well, claim that the baby is going to be able to learn these words I, and i'm pretty sure that it's true that babies once they reach a certain level of development can respond to like environmental noise while they're in the womb but like i i think it's pretty dubious that they're able to do any kind of actual language processing while they're still developing. I mean, babies for a couple of months after they are born don't really respond to stimulus. So, uh, yeah. So I, I call bullshit on that. Yeah. But then the, the whole like 3d goggles and, and the haptic suit to me is just like, is, is, is there any demand for that? And you know, I, I, I can't can see, well, you know, 30 years ago, people looked at the internet and they're like, oh, so, you know, so why would you want to do that? Why would you, what would be the idea you want to read the newspaper on a computer? Like, that seems really, 
you can take the computer to the bathroom with you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what everybody know, does now. <laughs> that's literally what everybody does. So, um, but 30 years ago, people were like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I, I see this internet thing going nowhere. So they, they could be on to something here. Um, are there I mean, other claims? Yeah, that... but go ahead. I, I just don't see, like, that's not really an experience that, like, feeling the baby kick, even if you've got, like, a vest on. It's, it, it's not the to same. Me, that would man. be like that would be like driving a Lamborghini and then driving a Lamborghini in a video game. It, it, it's just yeah. There's no it, level of there's it, it no sounds, level. Of it sounds cool. the same, and like the goggles make it look like you're in the Lamborghini, but you're not moving around. Um, just for the record, Larry just asked on uh, on Instagram, why don't we see what you're seeing? Unfortunately, can't do that on Instagram. You have to watch on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, or just Twitch. Find, or Twitch or Twitter. Just find me, Justin DeGiulio, on those platforms, and you will be led to the live Sip Talk podcast, and you'll be able to see what we see here real time on the screen, where we are looking at a group of pods connected to two central bioreactors, which, it I mean, it just looks scary as, as hell to me. Yeah. Um, um... So I guess we're not going to watch the rest of the video, but we should talk about some of the other claims that they make. What What am I missing? Because I, I didn't uh, well, do too, too much at digging. At the end of the, the video, they talk about basically being able to tailor the genetics of your baby. And that means, oh. one, like eliminating any genetically inheritable diseases, so like Down syndrome or anything else. And... It also means that, like, if you want to choose, like, your baby's hair color or eye color. They they did get into this. Yeah, and they... boy, do I think that's a bad idea. Hang on. Let me see if, if I could. Uh... Uh, you know and, what? <laughs> and again, I'm couching all of my arguments under the guise of this technology is feasible and achievable. Like. But the well, we're ability... trying to give it the benefit. We're trying to give it the benefit of the doubt here. Let me pull this back up and and hit it from from. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure this is where they're. Supply of fresh yeah, you want to skip forward out of this because like the bioreactor stuff isn't all that interesting. Waste products into the second bio. This way, the facility ensures a steady and sustainable supply of fresh nutrients to your baby. Okay, yeah, this is the next part. That... Yeah. With Ectolife, miscarriage and low sperm count are a thing of the past. Prior to placing the fertilized embryo of your baby inside the growth pod, in vitro fertilization is used to create and select the most viable and genetically superior embryo, giving your baby oh a chance to develop without any biological hurdles. And if you want your baby to stand out and have a brighter future, our Elite Package offers you the opportunity to genetically engineer the embryo before implanting it into the artificial womb. Thanks to CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool, you can edit any trait of your baby through a wide range of over 300 genes. You want to pause it real quick? Yeah, I... Go ahead. Alright, so... This idea is not just terrifying it is downright dangerous well we got a comment on tiktok that says i'm gonna have a white baby now and i'm black the elite <laughs> package five thousand dollars uh 
But it is terrifying that we would have that. I don't, but I, I honestly th have thought for years, probably the last half a decade, especially after hearing about CRISPR, which has been around for a little over half a decade, um, that we, we have this ability already effectively well, to. We have the potential. The, the oh, there's CRISPR a lot of technology. Ethical, a lot of ethical and, and, and legal red tape. Well, not only that, but it's something where it's still kind of in the experimental phase and like we can see that it but has the capabilities, but in we, terms of being able to actually do a lot of the things that we want to do, we're not there yet. Well, we, we're not, we're also not allowed to experiment because of these ethical concerns. Well, that's also true. Yeah. That's so, so we're really kind of cut off at the knees when it comes to experimenting with this stuff, but but even if you were allowed to do it right now, like if you were to go and if you were to be able to found a company and, and be legally allowed to do this, the technology is not there yet. Where you can reliably do this without a whole host of issues. Um, Would the technology get to the point where they're what they say they can do in this video they could do? Maybe, but it's not there now. Um, but for me, even if we assume that that technology exists today and it's something that you could do, it's still a really bad idea. Because well, why do you say it's a bad idea? I think it's a terrible idea because what you'd effectively be doing over a relatively short period of time is creating two classes of people. You would have people like you and me who were born normally with whatever defects we were born with. Seems and then you'd have this second class of superhumans that are genetically perfect. That are genetically. Movie? There's a movie with, uh, um, who's a guy from Alfie? What's his name? Jude, Jude Law. I'm pretty okay. sure there's a movie with Jude Law. Um, and he basically, he is the genetically modified superior person. But he broke his legs and really just can't be part of society because he can't get around. And he's sold his identity to someone else. And that person is going. Gattaca? Yeah. Is, it, is that what it is? Gattaca? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that, that, would, that sounds about right. And he's basically sold his identity to this other guy who's now going on an uh, interplanetary space voyage. Yeah, yeah. But so the idea that you would have, because the thing is, even the basic level of this product would probably be prohibitively expensive to almost everybody on earth. So oh, yeah. you'd, and, be and, allowing, and, you'd be allowing the ultra rich to be able to produce children that are genetically superior, just objectively genetically superior to everybody know, else. I don't, and, think, I don't think that that is actually, I think that's very feasible in our lifetime that that could happen. And I'm surprised that there aren't more futuristic movies that have incorporated that. Well, so I just think that it's a really bad idea because you'd basically be creating another species, a species that's superior and is only accessible by the ultra wealthy. Yeah, uh, very true. All right. What, and what so Sasha says, I think with IVF, parents can choose their child's gender. So... That one bothers me a whole lot less because that's just like, first of all, 
the whole idea of selecting for child gender has existed for literally thousands of years. Now, it used to be done like the Greeks did it, where like, if the kid's born and you don't like what you see, you just leave it out on the rocks. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's really the best way to go about it. But selecting for birth gender is something that is literally as old as birth itself. But has that been available via IVF? I, I don't know. Sasha says it is, and let's yeah, just assume I, that it is. Because if you think about it, like if you do IVF, what you would do is you'd fertilize like probably 10 embryos, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be pretty easy to run a cursory DNA test on those embryos and see if it's XX or XY. So, yeah. and then you would just say, all right, we're going to take the XX one, and that, that's the one yeah. that we're going to implant. Yeah. So, to me, that sounds really easy to do. Let's, it, like with my deep scientific background. Well, you know, you are a bartender, philosopher, uh, and uh, what else am I missing here? Accountant and accountant. There you go. Retired yeah. professional referee. All right. So Let, you tell me which one of those is most applicable. I'd say Let bartender. <laughs> Let me hit the, the rest of this video. We got about two minutes uh, remaining. Which allows you to customize your baby's eye color, hair color, skin tone, physical strength, height, and level of intelligence. It also allows you to fix any inherited genetic diseases that are part of your family history so that your baby and their offspring will live a healthy, comfortable life free of genetic diseases. Say goodbye to the pain of childbirth and birth-related muscle contractions. Ectolife provides you a safe, pain-free alternative that helps you deliver your baby without stress. (laughs) So hold on, pause this real quick. Convenient. So So, I'm not advocating for painful childbirth, but what I will advocate for is this is another way in which the rich can greatly compound their advantage over the poor is if you are rich and you can afford this service, then women who are rich will never have to go through childbirth. They will just go to the warehouse and like poor people are still going to have to have a painful and risky like child rearing process. And that sucks. So like, and also when it talks about like customizing your baby's level of intelligence and physical strength or whatever, like who in their right mind that's paying for the elite level package isn't just gonna be like, uh, max out all of those, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> right? Does it cost any more? Is it like the cars where you're paying the subscription fee? You gotta, you gotta pay more to get the higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, are you following <laughs> me on this? <laughs> but like, also, no, I, you I'll, know what? Physical intelligence. I want this kid to be dumb as a rock, but he can also be really strong. <laughs> that way, I've just basically got an ox for the backyard. There, there you go. Um, um, but so, so my thing, they're saying, you know, there's no, no more pain in childbirth. My, well, they haven't shown how the child is born yet, but it's my understanding that humans have evolved. I think we've talked about this before, about how humans have evolved to be born premature. Most other animals, once they're born, can, can eat, can chew on their own or can eat or can stand or can see. Um, but humans, because we have adapted to kind of safe, safe locations and built communities to protect newborn infants that, uh, you know, humans can come out a little bit earlier and be cared for. And so 
I think you, you're right, but for the wrong reasons. Like, it's not because, because like, the the whole childbirth, uh, the child, yeah, like birthing a child and doing it kind of premature compared to other animal species. Because if you look at like I don't know cats or dogs, how quickly are cats and dogs running around and able to like eat and kind of take care of themselves a little bit a week or two right yeah right whereas with kids like when when does a kid take its first steps about a year a year in yeah right so that's a huge difference i think i remember hearing that the reason for this is it's actually because of our very large brains i was i was thinking head size so similar yeah we're, we're on the same page as like because if you let us develop any more, the kid's not going to be able to fit on the way out. So you have to give birth to the baby basically as soon as you can before and, like, and, the head yeah, gets so, too big and will kill the woman as it comes out. Yeah, as it's early as possible for the woman, but as late as possible in the gestation period for the yeah. development of the baby. Right. And so like the trade-off that we've made is having these big brains comes at the cost of it takes a very long time for us to get our young up and running. So uh, I just I just looked this up. Elephants have the longest pregnancy period of any mammal, which is nearly two years. I would have thought it would have been a blue whale. Uh, well, up there are manatees, rhinoceroses, donkeys, camels, walruses, giraffes, sharks, the velvet worm, and tapers, which I don't know what a well, taper is. I don't either. Uh, but anyways, we... like, I, I, I think the the whole idea of women not having to give birth to a child like that would be great if it were true for every single woman but by allowing only the rich to have access to this well again you're just compounding advantages man technology tends to get cheaper over time i imagine this so, this is going to be a slow process this is one where it, cheaper but Again, also, if this company does everything that they claim they can do, why in the world would you make this cheaper? You want to well, keep this as, as, as exclusive well, and as elite as possible. Well, I mean, it's just it's just business. If you can get 100 people to do it at $10 million or you can get a million people to do it at $100,000, right? Like, yeah, you're going to take the 100 people at $10 million because your profit margin is so much higher. Well, like, it, it depends this is on how much a process that's scalable or democratizable. Let's hit the rest of the video before I finish this beer. Here's the scotch is going. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me get back. I got freaking four windows open here. Let's see. And can be done with just a push of a button. After discharging the amniotic fluid from the artificial womb, you'll be able to easily remove your baby from the growth pod. Everything is perfectly designed so you and your partner can enjoy the delivery process. To ensure full transparency, our post-delivery free DNA paternity test helps you confirm the genetic identity of your baby so you can return home knowing that your baby is genetically yours. You don't have to worry about power cuts or carbon footprint. Actolife uses highly efficient, clean, renewable energy consisting of solar and wind power. 
So if it's a still night, your baby's fucked. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of on those lines. Making it easy for your baby to make it to full term without any complications. And for those who want a more convenient solution, Ectolife is made accessible so your life can be easier. Thanks to our miniaturized bioreactors and long-lasting batteries, you can use Ectolife for the baby home the with comfort you. of your home, allowing you to incubate your baby in your building without the need to visit our factory. By I like how they say factory. Unintentionally honest. Away from any birth complications. The concept of ectolife is so All right, that's it. By biotechnologist and yeah, we don't need this. Ashim Al, uh, Al Gali. So, another I, thing I, that I think go this ahead. was covered at the very beginning of the, uh, the video, but this is another one where, and I might get some flack on this one, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, I have a real big issue with fertility services in general, because if you're not able to conceive a child the traditional way, I think that's a really strong indication that you shouldn't be reproducing. <clears throat> Natural selection. Like, if, if your genes are not able to be passed on, that's uh, saying there's something wrong with this as a specimen, and maybe we shouldn't be making more of it. Well, what if someone was injured in a in an accident? That's different. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, I think you're entitled to your opinion, but you are probably going to get a lot of a lot of of flack for that. Um, but I I don't necessarily think that a declining birth rate is something that we need to be alarmed with right now. I actually would completely agree with you there. Like we got too many people on this planet as it is like. It, well, I mean, we are reaching unsustainable levels and yes, there still is a lot of land left for city people and population to kind of disperse across, but we also need a lot of those green leafy areas to be generating the oxygen that we have on this earth. So I, I would, I would imagine that probably about 10 million, 10 billion is about the max capacity for this earth. I think the UN estimate is pretty close to where you are. I think it's somewhere between like 10 and 12 billion is where they predict we will hit and then level off and then start declining because yeah. that's kind of the carrying capacity of the earth unless we're able to develop like a whole bunch of technologies like vertical farming and stuff, because you're going to eventually get to a point where we're going to outstrip the earth's ability to be able to like to have producing fields and other resources. Like until we, until we, we get better with places. renewable resources, like we're going to run out of oil, man. Well, we already have places where there's not enough food, and not enough water. So well, we're, struggling, we're struggling to do that. <laughs> yeah. As things are right now. So two thoughts on this. One, kind of running through the back of my head. I didn't realize this was a, uh, I'm guessing that's some Arabic sounding name, uh, or maybe Muslim sounding name. But I was might thinking. Be Israeli, actually. It could be Israeli. But I was thinking somewhere in like uh, Iran or uh, Afghanistan or something. My like money's on Israel. They're, they're already doing this. <laughs> just, you know, just seeing how it works. I don't um, think anyone's actually doing this because the, well, the number of the technologies that they're claiming 
are way far off. I don't I don't think we're that far off of any of this stuff. And experimental technology is is really all it takes to to say this theory is is some, somewhat grounded in reality. But I wouldn't be surprised if we were to find out that some version of this was some early Iron Man one suit was being built in a cave somewhere somewhere and you know hidden in Iraq. Yo, what like real quick on the topic of Iron Man, like <laughs> Okay, I don't like, know much about Iron Man, but well, I did see the first movie. You saw the first movie, and that's all you need to see. So, cool movie. like, And <laughs> if you just enjoy it for it being a movie, fine. But, like, one thing that really annoyed me about the movie is, like, when he's in the suit, and anytime like, he crashes, he's going, like, a couple hundred miles an hour, and he crashes. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's okay. It's just right. the, the so, and, in the suit or whatever. Well, the thing is... I'm I'm even willing to accept that like the suit's designed in such a way to survive like an impact like that, but like if he's going like 300 miles an hour and crashes into the road or whatever and then like skids to a stop or whatever, even if the suit's okay, like you're gonna need a garden hose to clean out that suit. Because, so, yeah, even at 40 miles an hour. Yeah, because your body is just gonna be just goop. Because uh, your body cannot withstand g forces like that, I, and. I try to explain to people, though, like when it comes to low speed crashes, which might be 30, 40, 50 miles an hour. 50 how miles really, an hour is not a low speed crash. Well, I mean, but to a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, you would survive that. Let me ask you a question. What's what is it is a fast, a very fast sprint for an average person, not professional athlete? How many miles per hour? 14? Anything over 15. 15? 16 miles an hour anything yeah. over 15 so take the the average dude if not more athletically inclined if you're if you're sprinting at 16 miles an hour i want you to imagine a full sprint into a brick wall yep like just eyes closed full sprint like you're suffering brain damage uh you're gonna have multiple you're gonna you're almost certainly break bone. your nose you may break your neck and this you're is gonna have, yeah break your neck you're gonna have a concussion 16, for sure at 16 miles an hour so at 40 miles an hour or even 30 miles an hour, that's almost double and triple. Well, um, that's why seatbelts are so incredibly life-saving. Yeah, no shit, because you just would keep going through that windshield. All right, so, fuck, I totally forgot the second thing. So one, I was just saying this is a good chance it's happening on the ground. I know what the second thing was. I was trying to think of, so this just overall very profound potential technology should be really good news. Yet watching this, I think you and I had this visceral reaction that this is this is humanity dooming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though it is going to bring less pain to women in childbirth, this is going to bring stronger, healthier babies for a stronger and healthier human or human H, you know, 2.0, human 2.0 population. Um, th- there are some upsides, but... Yeah, there are a few good things about it, like getting rid of genetic diseases. Like, yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, you're basically Monsantoizing people, right? Like, you could be breeding well, that, people yes. to be, to be uh, you know, to not develop cancer from eating pesticides. And well, no, people still get cancer. Well, I, I mean, you can't you can't because cancer is a natural consequence of life, actually. But but it is also uh, people are more predisposed to it genetically. So I'm sure there there could be some right. editing done. But if you take through. any human body and let it run long enough, it will eventually develop cancer. Um, I'm not that familiar with how cancer works, but so uh, just think about it like this: 
every one of your cells needs to divide and clone itself. And it's going to use its DNA as its replication, right? Um, and yeah, so and your, your every DNA. single time you make a copy, there's a small but not zero chance that some of the information in the DNA is copied wrong. And the more copies you make, the higher the probability because you're, or, or just you're losing the probability. Well, you're also losing the what they say the ends of the telomeres. Tel yeah. So But yeah, so the thing is, like even if it's a point zero 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 one chance, if you let that run long enough, that will eventually happen. And when you have a copy that's made wrong, if it's made wrong enough, that's cancer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so until we can find a way of getting our bodies to be able to make perfect copies of all the cells that need to reproduce, which is trillions of them, then cancer is the inevitable end for anybody. Maybe it takes 200 years if we're able to fix a whole bunch of other problems. But like, if you, if you get perfect medical technology, then dying of, of old age will always be cancer. Um, uh, we're we're going to talk about that separately, but... I want to I want to pivot here to a to really where my mind went about about forty seconds into watching this, and this was I don't think this technology really has a great place on Earth, unless of course we do have some humanity uh, catastrophe like an asteroid hitting the Earth and we really need to repopulate the Earth for whatever reason. Um, but if we were potentially populating other planets. That's where I thought there could be, you know, if we sent this in a spaceship or the setup for this in a spaceship out to a colony in Mars, I'd kind of be down with that. I, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see what happens on Mars. I mean, we'd basically be populating a potential future adversary, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Let's, let's, let's start a rival planet. And not only that. We're going to give them all super babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got, got to. So basically, we're putting superior people on a shittier planet who will, yeah. who will once decide they're like, are we have the better planet? So we're just, let's Yeah, and then they're going to say, you know what? We feel like we got the raw end of the deal on this. Also, we're smarter and stronger than you. <laughs> That's the downside. Maybe we send them a lot further away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this. Like, let's, let's populate Alpha Centauri. That way, like, <laughs> It's a five light year journey. We'd have some lead time. Yeah, we have a little lead time. Um, I think I actually hadn't thought of that. So I, I would be less terrified of this technology if it was used on another planet. But the next closest planet would be Mars. And again, just I didn't actually think the second part of this yesterday. I was like, oh, I'd be cool with this on Mars. But in articulating it now, I realized that we would be giving a superior race effectively, uh, superior species, a shittier planet, and they would be very capable in, in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, the only plus side of this whole plan of putting them on Mars is that, like, by virtue of living on Mars, because Martian atmosphere is super thin, like, cosmic rays and solar radiation come in. So, like, by the time any of these people get old enough to realize that they've got, like, that they got the short end of the stick here in terms of what planet they were born on. Like they might be genetically superior to us, but like they're going to get cancer on Mars really fast. So, um, you know, the, like Mars is a nightmare to live on. Even if you can like ignore the atmosphere and everything else, like you're just going to get cancer so quick there, man. I, I, will, I will take your word for it. I don't plan to be going there anytime, especially in my lifetime. 
But you know, stuff like this makes me think that we are on the we are on the the far end of the arc of technological technological development, and humanity has always been on that far arc of technological development. But technology seems to be developing at an exponential rate. Moore's law. Yeah, and um, something like this does not seem that far fetched at all to me. It seems achievable to me. It seems like ethically and, and morally the great masses will be against it. But it doesn't, it, I mean, you say teleporting, which is a concept that everybody has been familiar with for, for the. Teleporting the greater, is much farther away. No, but that's what, yeah, here, here, listen, listen to me. For the, for the greater portion of the last century, people have been more familiar with teleporting yet than an idea like this, yet teleporting still isn't conceivable technologically. Like we have a basic idea as to how it could be achieved, but well, they, the, the, the hurdles in order to be able to do it are, it's one of those ones where like achieving close to or at light speed travel is something where there are a variety of feasible ideas out there, but much like teleportation, like we have a conceptual understanding of how it could be done. But to be able to actually produce the technology that can achieve that is so far beyond what we can do right now. But the technology in this video to Much me, closer. seems very achievable. Yet this is a concept that for the most part it has not been popularized. It's not really in sci-fi. You, know, you take uh, The Matrix or uh, what was the movie you were saying? Resident Re Evil. Re Resident Evil. Um, Underrated it, series. It. It, you know, I, I have seen a, you mentioned Umbrella Corporation. I have seen Resident Evil. Uh, I don't know. I've seen a whole movie. It, you know, I, I'm not a big zombie movie fan. I'm but, talking about the ones with Mila Jovovich. Yeah, I, I think I've seen one in the theater and that was it. I, and I said, this is interesting, but there's, there's already six. The movies, the movie, and I'm not, as the series goes on, become less and less about zombies. Hmm, like, right. sure, there are zombies, but it's. I think, where, where do they get more into the evil side of technology? It's more about the Umbrella Corporation and, like, like the, the virus that they created that created zombies, like, mutates and creates all sorts of other crap. But it's about what humanity does when it's facing an existential crisis where now the entire globe wants to kill us. Um, you know, this... This might be something that we need to be doing underground to fight the machines, man. You know, when the machines take over, we're going to need uh, going to need technology like this. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> uh, I mean, you spend enough time at the computer, you could you could pass for one of them. I think. I, I think that they would consider me an ally at this point. <laughs> could help them. You could help them with their taxes. Yeah, I could blend in. <laughs> Uh, what are we missing on this topic? We got we got about ten minutes left. We, we we hit the end of this video for the you know I don't need to know about the background uh, and education of the the bio theorist here. I I'm just gonna say it again. I think any system in which you allow the ultra wealthy and ultra privileged to vastly compound their already considerable advantages is something that we need to be extremely wary of. If this, were, if this were a system where it was something like where you could 
get this service by lottery, and so the poor well, would have an equal chance of getting this compared to the chance, rich. But mm-hmm. but uh, not equal chance, but an opportunity. But but just like building a luxury building and saying, well, only the you know only billionaires can live here. What's so wrong with that? It's a wasteful allocation of resources. Well, uh, you know, if you have the money, right. why do you, why, why do you have to live? Allocation of why do you have to live somewhere else? Why do you have to live in a crappy place if you have the money and you can afford it? Because the, he, there's a difference between living in a crappy place and living in a ten million dollar home versus a two hundred million dollar home. It's the next dollar value added diminishes rapidly. Well, I think the disparities between the super elite wealthy and the middle class and lower middle class and poor are so wide that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate because I think somebody with a bazillion dollars should be able to buy something worth a bazillion dollars. But the fact is, is that that bazillion dollars is an inconceivable amount of money. I want you to think about it like this. So if somebody, if you knew somebody that was worth a hundred million dollars, would you consider them to be rich? Yes. Okay. You were closer to that person than you are to the people that we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's my point. Is it being. Then, then, then the, then the ultra rich person, the hundred million dollar person is closer to you than the people that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I should rephrase. That was, that was better. That was much better put. Um, but that's that's where your fear is with this is that it only gets in the hands of the super wealthy and that's not my biggest fear my biggest fear isn't the super wealthy people having designer babies at a you know, at a small scale uh, because it's expensive i think i have i just have in general mixed feelings on this i don't I don't think it's a terrible thing. You know, people who can't give birth or have medical complications or, you know, maybe they've they've had uh, what's the word I'm looking for miscarriages. This could be a, you know, a life saving technology for them if, if it was feasible to get into their hands. Well, that's where you and I are probably going to diverge the most is I'll double down on this is like if you've had some kind of an accident, that's one thing. But like. If for some reason you're not able to conceive a baby on your own, like natural selection tells me that like if you're not able to reproduce, there's something wrong about you that shouldn't be reproduced. Um, yeah. uh, I understand what you're saying. I don't I don't think most people, especially people who, you know, were dealt the the short stick are going to uh are going to agree with you on that one. Oh, I'm well aware that this is something that would upset a lot of people. Uh, but, I, I mean, for me, the biggest, the scariest thing, I mean, they're not saying you've got 11 people in in the country, the United States, that are making babies. They're saying each factory can, can produce 30, was it 30,000 or 300,000? 30,000 a year. Real yeah. quick, Stash is asking, are we going to still do an episode on abortion rights after Roe v. Wade, be, Roe v. Wade being overturned? Um, did let's we do one? Did we do not, one? No, we haven't really gone. Like, Hold on. 
Um, I think we should muting yourself to cough. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think we should go through some of the, uh, the realized effects because they've had a chance to do like, there's been some quick medical studies of like the outcomes in States that have kept abortion versus not. And there's research that we could do to talk about like the real world impacts that are already being felt six months in. There's research that we could look up. Um, yeah, there's research that's out there. We did. What, do you remember the title of the episode we did where we talked about Roe versus Wade? We talked about that. We talked about the penumbras and, and things like that. No, but. I think it was right before it ended up being overturned. I think it was when it was. I think we talked about it when the leak of the decision came out about yeah. two or three months ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I would be interested in doing a an episode on abortion rights and about Roe versus Wade. And I think it would be really cool to have two guests. So if anyone can think of two guests for us to bring on, I would say someone who is very much pro-choice, well, very liberal, me. and then have someone who is uh, very pro-life. And and just and and us being kind of able to regulate mm, the off the air. I want to talk to you about why I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, having four people on on an episode is a lot, especially when it's that's not the reason why done, I think it's a bad it's idea. It's done remotely because it's difficult to regulate the conversation. Uh, that's my, not the reason why. Well, I, I know. I understand. Idea. I'm just sharing my opinion on that. We can touch on that uh, off air. I didn't think this would be a topic that would cover the whole episode. We are just minutes away from having to conclude. So on that note, I say uh, say our goodbyes. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you're listening to this episode, to go back and check out the 2022 Holiday Gift Guide. That article's on LinkedIn. Real under- quick, speaking of the holidays. Hold up one second. Or you just go check out the last podcast episode. It's all spelled out, spelled out on YouTube. Speaking of the holidays, go ahead. What are you doing? Oh, I... Uh, Having a nice little Christmas Eve, Christmas Day with family. Uh, filling in a little bit more off air, but it's going to be really, really relaxed. Uh, no long travels and uh, a lot of eggnog. Probably coquito, actually. But uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk off air. Anything you want to add before we before we jump off, and then we'll stick on for a little bit. No, I'm good. I I, I wanted to talk about my thought experiment of what if science was able to eliminate all death by natural causes uh, be like cancer or any other kind of disease like heart disease or whatever basically i wanted to think about a world in which the only way you could die was by like suicide accident or murder and what that would do like all the different things that would happen in the world if that were the case well we'll we'll sound out the uh the thoughts off air see if we can hold an episode on it i want to thank everybody for joining live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. We Thanks, can see Sasha, you guys. for the comments. Um, see you guys on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for joining. Make sure that you follow Sip Talk Podcast to catch us in the future. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Goodbye. That concludes this episode of the podcast. Let me know in the comments what you think of this concept. Is it something that you would dread or is it something you might... Uh, be interested in for yourself. I'll see you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.